listeners thank you so much for being with us here today if uh, you have listened to our podcast earlier uh, and you know you it's not the first time uh, thank you for you know coming back and if you're a first time listener thank you for giving us your time uh, i am shama dharani from new york and we have a lovely group of ladies here that are about to introduce themselves right now Hi everyone. This is Azmin Rasool. Shama, you set the bar high with your hello. So, <laughs> um, happy spring and we are so happy to be here and glad that you've joined us. Hi, this is Yasmin. I agree with you, Azmin. That hello just gets me every time. Um, so happy to be here once again and and ready to get into this. Hello, it's Nabila and I cannot match your hello either. I'm glad you're not my mom because if you would wake me up like that every morning, I'd be like, "Oh my god, let me sleep." But Nabila Kalfan, excited to be here today and back to Shama. Thank you so much. So, uh today we have a bit of a heavy topic. Um some may even consider it consider it a bit controversial. Uh but um I I think we are about to have a very good discussion and uh, Navina I want you to tell us what what we are going to be talking about today. Sure. Um I think heavy is a good way of describing it, controversial as well, but you know, I think it's important to just have the discussion around it just like we have on other topics, but today we're going to be talking about faith, spirituality and religion. And we came up with this topic really because we were looking at the month of April. And the month of April this year has many significant occasions across religions. For example, we have Passover, we have Easter, we have the start of the month of Ramadan, and we also have Navratri. So with all the various faiths, we've got a whole array of spiritual occasions. And we thought it might be interesting to have a discussion today around what is our own definition of faith? What has our family's influence on the understanding of the practice of faith been, or maybe not the practice of faith? What faith or spiritual practice brings to your life? Does it add? Does it detract? Does it do a little bit of both? Rituals, the concept of blind faith, the evolution of practices, congregational prayer versus individual prayer and contemplation. So that's a lot. That's an ambitious um agenda type of thing to cover in 30 to 40 minutes. But let's see how far we get. Um we'd love to have you guys share your thoughts on our social media posts after this um podcast does go live because we can get some very interesting discussion going. Um and another reason we thought this would be important was because it really marks the year since houses of worship were shut down due to the COVID pandemic. And that's kind of where the discussion point around congregational prayer versus individual contemplation has come about. So without further ado since we have so many things to cover, let's dive into it and kind of start off with uh, the individual's definition of faith, spirituality, religion, whatever it is that you call it. So I'll turn the mic over to the rest of the girls. So uh, see I think faith for me is uh, the way I connect with God or um I guess uh, for me faith is also knowing that there is a powerful entity out there that's that's looking after me or looking after the people I love and the world in general. 
That's how I see faith. Faith for me is basically just trust and confidence in in a higher being. So I think for me too, it's similar. Except I think for me, it's evolved quite a bit. So, you know, I'm I am a practicing Muslim, and I would say that when you know growing up.、Uh, It was pretty traditional household, right? In terms of prayer,、um, the several times a day of prayer, and then going to、uh, you know the houses of worship.、Um, so that kind of stuck with me, right? As I was growing up and became a part of me. But then, as I was maturing, and you know, I guess getting into my own identity, it's like it's like you start to think about well, what's really important to me in terms of faith. And I think it's basically grasping those elements that really speak to you, kind of like what you said, right, Shama, and both you, Azmin. Like, how do you particularly, what aspects of you really connect to that higher being? And so maybe a little bit later, I'll get into some specifics. But as far as definition, that's what I wanted to share. Yeah, and honestly, I would agree with all three of you.、Um, That it is a belief in a higher power, but something you said, Yasmin, is that your definition has evolved over the years, and I think that speaks truth for me too. Is when I sit back and I reflect as to my practice of faith when I was living in my parents' home, when I was a teenager, when I was in my early twenties, you know, it has evolved greatly. I went,、um, you know, from very Ritualistic, almost. You kind of mentioned, you know, living in a traditional household, and I think for me too, you know, there were the traditional practices, and kind of it. It kind of felt like the way faith was presented was almost in a transactional manner, and I've really been working as I've been maturing to find my own definition of faith and what works for me, and not have it be about. If I do this, God does this. If God does this, then I have to do this. So that's kind of what I mean by transactional, and the evolutionary process of it moving away from that type of a belief has been something that I've really been focusing on in my late thirties. So it has evolved greatly. I、uh, absolutely like. I, I love that because you know I, I can say I was in the same boat, or I've been in the same boat where.、Um, My family is like very religious in terms of like you know practice of the faith, etc. And you know like you have to do this and you have to do that. And、um, and I grew up in, with that practice and all those habits, etc. But、uh, there came a point in my life where I realized that I thought I was superior because I was for, because of my practice of faith, and it made me realize that I was looking down on others. And that's not, and that that was really shocking for me、uh, to accept and come to terms with because I realize like that kind of compromises the whole meaning of faith because、uh, the faith, the concept of faith is about love and submission and understanding. But if I am using that to look down upon others or you know feel superior,、um, I don't know if I'm doing it right. And、uh, that kind of took me down a path of questioning, which I never did before. And you know, like growing up back in the day, we didn't question 
not we didn't question our parents we didn't act, like we didn't ponder upon these things we just followed whatever was told to us so it was really really hard to be like oh my god have i been doing this wrong and you know be okay with that and it's, see you know the difficult most difficult thing is to look within and see the dark side of you or see some of the challenges or issues within you and come to terms with that to be able to work on it so i think faith was one of those challenging aspects for me in terms of how i was viewing it or how i was viewing others who were practicing one way or the other and i think for you know shama you talked about you looking maybe because you were practicing certain rituals or doing it a certain way and the show of faith was there um that you felt superior and i think that was part of my evolution too was stepping back and looking that okay fine i might end up saying prayers this many times a day or going to the place of worship and doing all the rituals but where was i in terms of my intentions my heart and what i you know what was i getting from it other than saying a check the box type of a thing and so that's where my evolution has come into is to try and move away from necessarily outwardly practices of the faith which it's still outwardly practiced but it's not rituals it's like what are you doing to make the world a better place how are you helping your neighbor how are you helping somebody who doesn't have the same means as you do um how are you sharing your knowledge just really making it a better place and then i think a couple of you want to say more things so i'm going to be quiet and then let you guys and i'll chime back in so i was just going to add a couple of things one shama what you brought up um essentially blind faith that has been a huge struggle for me as i raised my children because they are asking questions we didn't we just had blind faith um and that's how i grew up and i knew no other way so now when my children and you know even you know friends of my children you know when they come over and we have conversations and we talk they are difficult questions and i don't necessarily have all the answers let alone the right answers um so that's definitely been a struggle for me and the other thing i was going to add was the outwardly uh practices that's another internal struggle of mine because i grew up with the blind faith of you know saying prayers doing certain you know rituals on a daily basis and if you didn't do those then you know these were the consequences and i struggled with that growing up because i didn't think that you know if you didn't do a certain thing that you would be penalized for that um if you will so i think part of my evolution has been to look at the bigger picture and try and teach my kids the bigger picture so i want to just uh, chime in on that too so it's interesting right i think when all of you were sharing your thoughts that image that came to me that i think maybe a lot of people grow up with that maybe that instilling of quote unquote fear of god um as we are growing up right as if god is like this you know powerful large being sitting up top in heaven looking down upon us and literally counting the things that we've done right and the things that we've done wrong right like just that mental image that maybe has been instilled in us and and again not not in a like uh in a way for our parents 
that uh, was meant to be malicious or anything, right? That's what they grew up with. That's how they were taught faith. And that's what they passed down to us. But like you said, I think with our generations, it's interesting too, because we're kind of like stuck in between two worlds where we were grown up with these ritualistic practices that we did yet, you know, as we are forming our identity and maturing, we are also asking these questions within ourselves, right? Like really like, you know, is God sitting up there and doing a checkbox on me? Like he or she is not, you know, whatever you deem to call that higher force. It's more of that internal view inside, right? Like what kind of person am I? Like Nabila was saying, what kinds of things do you do in your life? What kind of life are you leading? And I think that's part and parcel of faith, right? I think it's interesting. So uh, I know that all of us are familiar with that term, deen and dunya, right? Deen meaning faith and dunya meaning world. And to me that it's such a powerful phrase, even beyond the words, because it denotes that balance, the balance between the two. And so how are we sort of taking that in, in terms of internally looking at the balance that the faith provides us within the life that we lead and using the faith to sort of promote those good aspects within ourselves. Yeah. You know, growing up, we always had very healthy discussions around religion, I would say, but, you know, we knew certain things you just don't say around my mom where else my dad, you could say those things and it would be like, you know, let's banter back and forth about it. But you're right. Yes. I mean, we are kind of in the middle of two generations, right? Our parents' generation who were taught the way it was, they didn't question, they p- passed it on to us. And now I'm looking at, like you said, as mean, the questions that our kids ask us and they're very deep questions. But I think it's good to ask questions. It's good to contemplate. You have to be able to do that. For example, I had my son come up to me one day and he's like, would it be bad if I believed in the Big Bang Theory? I'm like, no, why would it be bad if you believed in that? He said, well, I just thought you'd be mad at me because, you know, our faith tells us God created everything. I'm like, they're not... I was like, it's your belief. It's what you think. They don't have to be mutually exclusive. You know, if God created, he created it. I always have looked at it as a domino effect where he pushed a button and everything kind of happened after that. Like even Darwin's theory of um, evolution, I don't think you can believe you have to believe in either God or that theory. I think they go together. And I've always felt that way. And I was telling him, I'm like, No, and I want you to come and ask me these questions and never be fearful of it. So, you know, I always sit back and I'm like, I wanted to ask certain questions, but was scared to. I can't let my kids have that type of a thought process, too. But you realize it requires um, so much thinking and understanding on our part because now we are because we are in that middle generation where we have to answer questions, but we come from people who never questioned, so they probably didn't have these deep thinking phases, right? They just practiced, and uh, and I'm sure you see. Uh, practicing we practiced and we continued following whatever our parents told us because it made us happy 
right but we didn't understand we it was very difficult to explain the logic behind it right it just felt right so we continued doing it and some things didn't and that's when the whole questioning started um but uh, i i think like it's been very challenging in in that sense that you know i think about how do i explain this like how do i explain why it's important uh, like the practice of faith and you know uh, why how, like how do i take out the whole transactional aspect that has been you know in the books and that's that has been preached for a very long time and show that actually faith should stem from love but not fear and i love that faith should stem from love and not fear and i think This past year with COVID-19, you know, it's been a very difficult year, but in terms of figuring out where I fall with faith and belief and religion and spirituality, it's really been a good year for me because because that congregational um house of prayer was taken out of it. So a lot of the rituals stemming from going to the house of prayer and doing certain things when you're there um it just really put an emphasis on personal reflection and contemplation and what can you do to keep faith a part of your everyday life without ne- without having that one place to go to just because houses of worship were shut down does that mean that everybody for a year hasn't been a hindu hasn't been a jew hasn't been a christian or a muslim just because a house of prayer was shut down in my opinion no it doesn't mean that because you continue to have thoughts of your faith and spirituality or your belief in the universe and putting out good vibes or whatever your belief is it didn't stop because a house of worship was closed and i think that has been huge in my evolutionary process because a lot of my transactional thinking came from if i don't go then i'm bad if i don't um go x number of times a week or what not so a lot of that has been worked on this year and i'm coming to the point where i'm like no it's okay because i'm still a muslim i'm still practicing what my faith teaches me Yeah you're right I think covid really forced us to um, you know step away from the idea that god resides in these specific places of worship and actually understand that he is like he is that higher being that's present where we want him to be present he is present when we call for him so and um, I think it has kind of put more responsibility on us to be like okay am i doing this because i feel i should be doing it or because i want to do it right and it has helped us like filter out all that extra noise which we were doing because you know that's the right thing to do versus that felt right to do and i think that that has been a blessing and it has forced a lot of older folks to also understand the people that who are who are not able to make it to prayers every day or who are not able to uh, pray regularly because of their work commitments or school or whatever to understand that hey if they are not able to do it doesn't mean that they are not religious or they are not spiritual or they don't believe in god like they are as as much of a muslim or hindu or christian as any other person who goes regularly 
But it's interesting, right? As you were talking, I was thinking about, I wonder if they, and I'm sure this has already been done, but if there was, let's say, a survey done with people, you know, within the COVID year to sort of understand and learn their belief in faith and like a higher being, I would guess that it has shot up, right? Like significantly. And and like you said, that I, this is outside of even ha- going or being able to go to houses of worship. So that in itself speaks volumes, right? Like if you want to speak in terms of, you know, religiously, right? Like you can say that, oh, I guess COVID-19 was a calamity that was put, you know, upon the world. And so, you know, now from that lens of faith and, and religion and spirituality, you know, what are people going to do, right? They turn to God and they turn to that higher force and they pray. But like you said, well, where are they going to pray? And this had to be sort of an internal reflection and being able to look within and find that source of power within. You know, Shama, when you were saying like God resides in houses of worship or so people think, you know, when you were saying that, I was thinking that God resides inside of me, right? He's there with me. It doesn't matter. Like I don't have to go to a mandir or a masjid or, you know, a church to sort of, you know, uh, explore that idea or put that emphasis that that's what makes me, you know, that solidifies my religion by going to that place or that space. Now, having said that, I'll tell you, you know, for me, it was really, really hard. It still even is like, I actually miss some of those ritualistic aspects, right? Like, I'm not saying that I don't miss it at all. I miss it a lot, but I've learned to, you know, what am I going to do when it's not available to me, am I just going to shun my faith? Am I going to say, well, sorry, because I am now not going to a house of prayer that I'm not going to believe in anything. And I think that's where the power lies within you, inside you. So I'm going to throw out a little bit of a controversial topic here um, and play devil's advocate a little bit. You know, if we take the month of Ramadan, for example, the month of fasting, Um, I can say I'm Muslim and this year and for a few years now, I haven't been fasting. I used to, but now I'm not. Does that mean that I'm less of a Muslim? Thoughts on that? Should we be throwing a book at you or something? (laughs) I'm glad. (laughs) I said I was going to play devil's advocate. Um. You know, I I don't think so. I mean, I don't know if others agree with me, but uh, it's such a personal thing, right? Um, I, I think uh, we need to understand the essence of these rituals. And the whole essence of Ramadan is to, uh, is, is the perseverance, right? Um, or like, you know, that, that self-discipline. So if you ha- have that in other ways, and if you have habits that kind of, you know, meet the same criteria, I don't think it matters. And I think ultimately it's between you, you and your God, right? I don't think we really have a position in this conversation to say anything or to make a judgment to say, oh yeah, you're like 95% Muslim now and, you know, we are 105 because we fasted five days. I mean, that that's how I feel. So let me throw a question back at you, Nabila. 
say I am fasting, right, for the month of Ramadan. However, I am doing a series of things that go against what fasting stands for, what Ramadan stands for. Does that make me less of a Muslim, even though I'm I'm fasting? So can I can I throw a book back at you now? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you guys are even now. <laughs> I think it goes back to Shema, right? What Shema has said. And, you know, to not to sound like a broken record or anything, the theme of every, the resurfacing theme from every episode on this podcast has been do what makes you happy. And I think faith, religion, spirituality, belief in a higher power, be it a God, an entity, the universe, vibes, energy, whatever it may be, do what makes you happy. So if the fasting gives you a sense of peace, a sense of connection that you want, then you are a hundred percent Muslim to yourself. And that's who it matters. If I'm choosing not to fast, I have my reasons where I may not want to fast. My kids would probably have a monster for 30 days in the house because I don't have morning coffee and I'd be screaming and yelling and being upset and not being able to take them to activities or what have you, then I feel that I am slacking on my responsibility as a parent. And I can't carry that out as a single parent. Um, I, in my opinion, am doing more harm than good, but there are other ways in which I feel I can express, um, the fasting concept, to be thankful for what I have, to understand what those without food and water on a daily basis feel like, to help others, to control myself, to exercise restraint, just to be a good person that I can do it in different ways. And if I am happy with that, then I am 100% Muslim. And I don't think we, as Shama has said, have the right to judge the percentage you are in terms of your faith, because that's between you and your higher power that you believe in. And if it, as the essence of faith says, is we are not qualified to judge anyone because we're not perfect. That's part of being a human being is that we're not perfect. Okay, you know, I'm jumping right now because there is this quote from the book, 40 Rules of Love. And okay, if if you have not read the book, please, please do read it because each rule kind of puts so many things in perspective, especially religion. And this one quote kind of really is on point for what we are discussing. So can I read it, please? Yeah, okay. So it says... Um, don't, don't throw the book after. <laughs> I'm going to try. <laughs> so it says... We were all created in his image, and yet we were each created different and unique. No two people are alike. No two hearts beat to the same rhythm. If God had wanted everyone to be the same, he would have made it so. Therefore, disrespecting differences and imposing your thoughts on others is tantamount to disrespecting God's holy scheme. That's a drop the mic moment. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. It's so powerful. And you know, I love it. Thank you for sharing. I love this book. Like, you know, people who are having that questioning process of with religion, love in general should read this book 
definitely and um, you know one thing i strongly believe is i think god has given us this responsibility to be happy because there is some essence of him in us right so finding things that make us happy doing things that make us happy without harming others i think that is true faith because when we are happy just think about the energy we emit when we are happy right we just make everyone happy that's when we start thinking about others that's when we want to do all great things because we are feeling so great and because we are in that great spot if everything seems perfect even if it's not so i think that was that's what true faith is to find your happiness so if it, that means fasting for 30 days or 1500 days that then that's that's your faith and if it means having coffee every single morning then that's your faith and i think that is what our responsibility is as human beings No, I love that Chamaan. By the way, I love that book. That's like one of my favorite books. So I love that you quoted it. And you know, I I know our theme for especially this season has been, you know, do what feels right to you, do what makes you happy, you know, be you. And I think that rings even more true in terms of faith, right? Faith is so personal and no one person can judge me and my faith right my beliefs my ritual practices whether i do them or not you know regardless of let's just say whether covid was not even in play you know whether i don't go to my house of worship or i do or whatever i decide to do that makes me feel good about my faith you know no one has a right to point a finger at me and say well you're not a good enough muslim because you didn't do x y and z right like that that just can't hold true that faith is between me and my god and and what feels right and what like shama said makes me happy and i love that happy thing that you mentioned because that's such a good point i never now that you mention it made that connection of like when i'm like at peace within my own self when i'm like internally joyous and happy that's really when i want to do good for not only myself but others right and 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 it's so such a big deal so you know i so interestingly nabila i contrary to you within the last few years i have been fasting and before that i didn't fast so again right our own individual journeys but as i was do, you know fasting it enabled me to sort of you know especially when i woke up in the morning and i uh, did my seri and things um right after that that window and i still do it like even this morning right like right after around that 5 a.m. and before my kids wake up is like that precious time i almost i i wish i could replicate it like throughout the year but i i need my sleep so you know i feel like this is like a blessed month and i do it in this month because it allows me those opportunities that that I feel is going to make me a better person so whether I want to you know engage in in prayer in that in those moments or read a book that's I feel is going to maybe uh help me you know in my life to make me a better person well those are the things that I do right and to me that's as big of a part of Ramadan as the actual physical fast yeah i think uh, it is so so important for us to uh kind of uh, steer away from judgment for, 
for others when it comes to religion or it comes to anything right because i think religion uh, i'm sorry um, judgment kind of um, takes away um, the whole meaning of religion or or being religious or spiritual or whatever the case may be um when god you know god, god is always like said to be this forgiving entity and you know so loving and all of that when god doesn't distinguish amongst us right and he doesn't say oh, i'm only going to love people who do a b and c right and at the end of it it still says god who is the most forgiving then who are we to do that right so i like i i think for me it boils down to that that um judgment when i when i sense that judgment coming from within towards anybody is when i feel like okay you know hey i need to step back from it like that, that that's not the point of this that's not like hey time out you know so i think that's what is important and that truly is a fast that fasting from judgment is such a difficult thing to do but so crucial wow. yes Yep. You are on point today, Shama. Yes, that is a fast when you have to withhold judgment. Absolutely is because we as people are constantly passing judgment whether it's what a person is wearing, what they're eating, what they look like, what they sound like, what their job is, what have you. We're constantly judging people and withholding judgment is very difficult to do. I think the other thing that i've come to realize especially in this past year but you know like i said this this late 30s period has been the importance of intention what is the intention behind what you do and that's where i've been trying to catch myself too is is my intention fear based is it love based because if it's love based i want to do more of it and if it's fear based i need to break that habit step back and do what's going to bring me love and peace. I don't want to practice faith where it's making me anxious instead of peaceful. And I feel like that's what the fear-based practice does. And that's why I always say you do you. What makes you happy? Continue to do it. If it doesn't bring you fear and it brings you peace by going every day, absolutely do it. But for those that can't and it doesn't bring peace to you don't give them a scorecard based on that right and like you said nabila fear based to me when you when you just mentioned that also in my mind related to superstitions i grew up with having so many superstitions and now looking back i mean they were silly and so many of them didn't even come from my parents they came from neighbors friends the community that we lived in um and even to this day you know it's not a religious superstition but like i won't hand my my family members a knife directly and it's because i was told as a child that you know what have an altercation and i'm like that's the last thing i need and so what i've been able to do now as an adult is to reflect and recognize where my fear and superstition led me to check those boxes do those things because i felt that i had to do them because i want to do them because i want to do them not because i have to and if you think about it this whole uh, you know love from should stem from 
um not fear right but like that true connection and happiness if you think about it it kind of applies to everything in life like to all our relationships not just with god but even to with our fellow human beings right like i shouldn't uh, be doing things for somebody because i have to or because those are my parents and i have to even if it that makes me unhappy and you know i hate it or i'm miserable i so if we take this thing and apply it to to any relationship i think will be all set for life and if i could maybe end on this point you know they say misery loves company and you kind of said it shama like when you're happy you emit happiness you want to do more of what makes you happy you make people around you happy you're like this flame on a candle that just keeps on glowing and glowing and glowing and the same way misery loves company when you're down you want to bring other people down so why why go that way at all why not be the flame that lights up a room and lifts everybody up and whatever practice or lack of practice does that for you so be it such that you are bringing those around you up and not down and you're not passing judgment on anyone. I'm loving this conversation. I know that we started off saying the topic is so heavy, but I think we've touched upon so many things that are actually quote unquote light, right? In the sense of the lightness that I feel in my heart and feeling that faith is is love and it's internal and it's personal and it's something that brings joy to me in whatever way shape or form. And with that, um once this episode posts, let's please we're asking our audience to engage with us on social media and give us your thoughts and tell us what you want to hear from us too. Okay, before we end, there is one quote that I really 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 want to use to end this whole uh, uh episode. Okay, so can I please yeah, thank you. <laughs> So it says um it's easy to love a perfect god unblemished and unfallible that he is what is far more difficult is to love fellow human beings with all their imperfections and defects remember one can only know what one is capable of loving there is no wisdom without love unless we, we learn to love god's creation we can neither truly love nor truly know god my drop Thank you. That is the perfect way to end. Thank you everybody for joining us today and we can't wait to talk with you guys again on our ne- next episode of Brown Colored Glasses. Bye.